Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? You kidding me? Playoffs? Playoffs? You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blues, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. My name's Oz Davis. I'm the co-host of the show. Joining me, as always, is my friend, my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how is it going this week? It, it is going well. Uh, it's 9 p.m. on Wednesday night in Wisconsin. <laughs> I believe it's, what, 4 a.m. Thursday morning for oh, you it. in Budapest. Yep. And we've also got Greg St. James here, one of our buddies from the States, who has moved over to Japan, where it's, what, noon on Thursday, where you're at? It is a, it is 12.08 right now, as, as I'm looking at my watch here. Um, noon, it is 60-some degrees out. It's a perfect fall day here down in southern Japan. So the Rouge, White, and Blue, yes, it still qualifies, because we're all American. <laughs> But, I mean, this has got to be like the first worldwide CFL podcast, correct? Yeah, we're breaking ground here. We're breaking ground. We've got hosts, let's say, from three different countries, none of which are Canada, on three different continents. On two different days. (laughs) (laughs) Time traveling across 15 time zones. And we're talking Canadian football. So that's, that's some kind of record. Yeah, I, I'm a week away from flying to Canada, so it's close enough, right? <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Okay, Greg, uh, host of Gridiron Japan. Tell us, what's going on in Japan? I heard something about the curse of uh, Colonel Sanders. Yeah, well, we had, you know, this is a baseball-crazy country, and we just had the Japan Series. So the Hanshin Tigers defeated the Oryx Buffaloes in seven games. So Hanshin had their first pennant in decades. So the curse of the Colonel Sanders, and there's a whole backstory. Anybody wants is, you know, the condensed version is, you know, I don't know, something about Colonel Sanders. I, I don't know. I mean, I would have to look it up myself. It's so kind of <laughs> convoluted. It's, uh, but uh, they, what? Were going... they won in ni- they won in 1985 for the first time in like 30 yeah. years. Yeah. You went down, you said you went down, the, you went down the road. The Japanese baseball rabbit hole. So you know more on this than I do right now. This time of day, yeah. They they got so excited that they tossed a they could they were they were tossing things to the river. I believe they were tossing anything with player images and such. And and Randy Bass was their superstar, right? Big mustachioed goateed American. So they couldn't find anything that really representative except they had the statue of Colonel Sanders around from the KFC lore, and they decided to toss that in there instead. And then they started. Then they started losing. Yeah. <laughs> so ever since then. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's the Japanese version of the Billy Goat Curse back in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. You know what? It was funny because I'm like, I heard about it. I'm like, okay. Well, that that's kind of weird. I'm like, okay. Well, um, and you know, I mean, I've only been to one Japanese baseball professional game and it was it was actually at Koshin Stadium with Hanshi but I never quite got like you said you went down the rabbit hole I think I, I went down the rabbit hole on Japanese baseball right at the beginning of the season and then the heat kind of kicked in just the settling in I've been here a year now 
And I just kind of fell away from baseball and just kind of focused on football, you know, with the XFL and the USFL going on. So it wasn't until this last week, you know, between the World Baseball Classic, which here in Japan, listen, it was like, it was bigger than the Super Bowl. And you guys, I'm, I'm assuming you guys watched it, that USA versus Japan. Um, and then we had the start of the season, then, you know, the regular season kicked in and the, my, you know, the, my Giants just, they were kind of like, eh. And so I kind of tuned out. So until coming back to the the Japan series, I started watching. So, but baseball's king around here. So it's, uh, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, the the Colonel Sanders curse is pretty much the Jap was the Japanese version of the Billy Go curse back in Chicago. All right, we're gonna talk some uh, Japanese football a little bit later on. Uh, I gotta say though, before we move on, World Baseball Classic is awesome. I mean. Anybody who misses that is really missing out if you're into baseball. Um, of course, this year it ended up it ended up in the big culmination between uh, Otani uh, Shohei Otani pitching for Team Japan uh, against his teammate Mike Trout in the states was hitting for Team USA. The whole thing came down to this one at bat: Otani versus um, Trout, and uh, wow. Wow, I mean, you couldn't, as they say, you couldn't have written a better script for that. No, nope. uh, perfect World's. way to end the game. Yep, uh, I just love the World Baseball Classic. I think it's awesome. I'm one of you know 347 people that will admit that, but I love the World Baseball Classic. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, and Japan has won it now. What three out of five times? Something like that. They Something won the like first. That, yeah. They won the first one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's either them or Korea pretty much every year <laughs> wins the thing. Yeah. So, but well, it's a this great year, competition. I th- this year when, the, when, the, when the, the Classic started, man, you just look back at it now, and it was a foregone conclusion. You're looking back and how that team performed from the first game to the last game, and it's like, yeah, this was – there There was no way this team was going to be denied, especially once they beat Mexico. The way they beat Mexico – yeah. And yeah. I caught that game. Yeah. We were, I was getting updates in the car as my wife and my brother-in-law, we were driving up to a small town. Uh, we were driving to my, my, my wife's hometown um, deep in the mountains of Japan. So I'm getting the scores. I'm reporting them. So by the time we got to our final destination, we're like, hey, wait, we can catch the last final right. three innings. And we were at a relative's house and we caught that. It was kind of cool. We're sitting around there drinking. It was very, it was one of those moments. It's like, shit, you know, it's like very surreal sitting in the mountains of Japan, watching baseball out of Miami and nobody cared. I was the first thing I thought of when I'm watching the game is, Hey, you know, that's where the Miami dolphins used to play. Cause that's where the old <laughs> orange bowl was. Nobody cared. So, and uh, yeah, it was cool watching that game. But once they won that game, I'm like, yeah, there, there's, you know, but then the shocker was everybody's asking me, "How come are you? How come you're not rooting for America?" My response was, "I don't know any of the guys on the USA team mm. other than Trout, and I'm a Cubs fan, so it's like you know, uh, you know, I'm like, now nah, I'm gonna root for I'm gonna root for my uh, my uh, adopted country's uh, team because it was wow, you know, yeah, yeah, and wow. you know, the Japanese team did not disappoint, and you know." We'll see what happens next time around, but yeah, it was it was cool. It was it was it's cool watching sports in this country, um, even football. We'll get into that later. So, 
Yeah. Uh, how how do you catch the CFL out there, Greg? Well, you know, obviously for Joe, you and I, we've got the CFL International game, the international, the free plan that they have via the website, mm-hmm. which is kind of tricky to watch it, at least for me here, because I have to navigate. VPN's not so much, but it's also smart TVs because we don't have Roku here, but we have Android TVs. We have Google TV. Um, and then I got to sync it up with my 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 iPhone to cast it to the big screen. So, no. wow, more technology, yeah. less easy. It's, it's we, you know what? I'm basically the comms guy here in here in Japan for the entire family. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, uh, let's go on to the actual CFL, as this is ostensibly a CFL podcast. Uh, we've got our pairings for the conference final set. Uh, Joe, do you want to give any sort of moratorium here for Hamilton Tiger Cats and Calgary Stampeders, uh, two teams with losing records? <laughs> I think Calgary got a bit of a raw deal this year. Just they were better. Their roster was better than six wins. Their coaching was better than six wins. They were shredded with injuries, and they had a lot of unfortunate bounces late in games. Still, you know, eight nine win team, you wouldn't it wouldn't have surprised me at all. Six wins is a is kind of understating what they did, but they also showed going into going into BC this past week that yep, that's all they were eight nine win team. If we roll if we roll this season through. 10, 15, 20 times, they probably sit at eight wins on average. So that's about what they were, and that's what they showed. Yeah, no, I agree with Joe. Mm-hmm. I agree with Joe. Mm-hmm. No. Now, by the same token, it did take what was basically eh, one of the two or three best performances in Vernon Adams' career to win this game. Um, yeah, because Calgary, th- Calgary kept, kept fighting. They didn't go down without a fight. They got down, but they kept keeping themselves in the game to an extent until very, very late. So Vernon needed to do all he did. Yeah, I mean, they came to play. I mean, they it, it's one of those when you watch the game, it's like, okay, you know, that you know, I mean, they didn't they didn't go into the they did not they didn't walk into that stadium obviously expecting to lose or just happy to be there. They came to play, and they showed it. They were up. They were up. They were yeah. winning seven nothing. They started the game uh, with the first score. Um, it took, uh, like I said, Vernon Adams uh, twenty nine of thirty nine for four hundred and thirteen yards, four hundred eighty nine total yards, and five touchdowns generated uh, in the game. Um, the uh, the only other game. Oh, I'm sorry that Joe. Uh, momentarily stepped away oh there he is okay yeah about the only other game that uh i saw that vernon had that compared to this one was the game against winnipeg back in 2019 you remember this one joe no (laughs) not at all i've burned the tape in my brain i don't know what you're talking about I mean, this year, Vernon has gone for over 450 yards a couple of times, both against Saskatchewan. Okay, let's, we don't need that. But in 2019, he uh, he had the game where he almost had, I think it was 488 yards, almost 500 yards passing, accounted for five touchdowns 
and led a 21-point comeback in the third quarter, uh, fourth quarter, I'm sorry, for Montreal. But this is a playoff game. This is a playoff game. And this year, Vernon is playing with a defense that's allowing 31 points per game. And sure enough, his Calgary with 30. Now, granted, one of these touchdowns was in garbage time. Uh, BC did miss a late field goal as well. So maybe this score shouldn't even have been this close. I will. I do have to do this one too, though. I have to brag a little bit on this one. Uh, I got to say, as as a fellow who makes a few bets, I really cleaned up on this one. The uh, the the uh, line was six and a half. Line was six and a half for Calgary. So. And I'm not saying that I bet on Montreal, but I did have a lot of money proportionally on Montreal minus three. So I was happy for that. But I got these, I got both teams on a teaser. So I teased Calgary up to 12 and a half, plus 12 and a half. And I had BC at plus or minus a half. So basically BC to win by 12 and a half or fewer points, 11 points. I cashed in this week. I cashed in this week on this game. So uh, congratulations to BC going forward. I guess we'll talk about their chances against Winnipeg in a moment. Uh, Greg, would you like to uh, shovel some dirt on my quote-unquote beloved Hamilton Tiger Cats? Well, you know what? You know, just look at the box score. Three, <laughs> three, three, three. That was Hamilton's <laughs> score. That says it all right there. That just said that just you know what you just don't eat you don't even just wipe away if you just take that box score and just don't even look at Montreal that tells you all you need to know I mean they were just completely ineffectual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now yeah you know, I when that game started I'm like yeah Montreal's gonna win I tell you yep. really really I tell you because I could not relax. I could not relax during this game it starts at midnight and I just I could not. I could not settle down until about two minutes left. No, about three minutes left. Because right after the three-minute warning, Standback had that nice run. Uh, we were already up by, like, by, what, the final score. So we were already up by 14, 15 points at that point. Right. But only then could I really relax. I mean, it was clear that Hamilton was going to sh- get shut out of the end zone. Uh, the final stats for the year are... The Owls played four games against this team. We faced three different quarterbacks. We ended up with uh, zero touchdowns allowed and, what, eight picks. Okay? So I figured that the defense wasn't going to let the Ticats into the end zone on this game. But still, still, we just were not putting them away. All the big plays were coming from the defense. Uh, We had a couple interceptions. We had a couple of nice sacks. Sean Lemon was pursuing all day he, was, he had a great game uh but geez, i just could not relax on this one uh joe did you see the owls running away with this from the beginning because i didn't i don't know if i saw him running away with it but when they when hamilton decided to start matthew schultz you kind of expected them to rotate at least and have mm-hmm. bow play at some point especially since matt schultz wasn't putting the ball in the end zone mm-hmm. right Bo shows up with what six minutes to go in the yep. fourth five minutes yep yep that kind of tells you and and his post-game comments were actually quite reserved considering the situation that came about 
you know, because he had to get hit up four or five times. What about your future? What about your future? What about your future? Because that's it's like, right. well, isn't it obvious? I'm making five. I'm making five hundred k, and I sat on the bench in a playoff game. Do you expect me back next year? Because I kind of don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ever since then, I've been wondering, and I think that let's say, let's say, uh, Bo leaves, Greg. It's Calgary, isn't it? He's going back to Calgary, isn't he? With the CFL, you just never know. <laughs> well, I mean, with Joe Calgary? and I were... Yeah, I mean, I mean... Who's, who's to say he's not going to Edmonton? I mean, that, you know, for a lack well, of... You know, I mean... No, Trey, 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 Trey Ford. Ford is pretty... I'm just saying, who's to say he won't? Because it's just the way this... I mean, yeah, we only have nine teams, and we know he's not going to the one he's on. So we got eight choices. So you've got a one and eight. But yeah, no, Calgary. Yeah, I kind of agree that it's yeah. very possible. Um, but what we've yeah, yeah. Ottawa yeah. would be the other guess. Yeah. I would, I yeah. would have so, to say. I, it, we know this much: he's not going to the NFL. <laughs> that ship sailed. Yes, that ship has yep. sailed. Yep. And we know he's not going to other. You know you know whatever is coming down the pike next in a, in a few months whatever entity is created out of the dog pile uh that was the xfl <laughs> and the usfl so i don't know but you know ottawa i mean I, you again just look at the teams that didn't make the playoffs and kind of go from there who needs a quarterback more so you know my bet would be on ottawa okay if i'm it, doing it'd a bet. be interesting and it's interesting to see too, because Drew Brown out of Winnipeg is going to be a free agent, and he's the typical profile of a backup that has earned somebody throwing a stupid amount of money at him with not a lot of. Um, he hasn't played a lot when he's right. played; Scott, he's been great. Yeah, but it's a Scott Mitchell syndrome, for lack exactly. of a better example. Example: Scott Mitchell syndrome. He was okay. He was okay in relief of Dan Marino for about a minute, and he landed or a big say, contract. Or CFL wise, Nick Arbuckle, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's that's what I was just going to say. Calgary not is to, not to compare the two directly. I'm not making that comparison, but, but that's actually a better comparison. Yeah. I think yeah. you put you. He's played some. He's had success in Winnipeg. You're probably not getting rid of Zach with two years left on his deal because he's done everything you've asked him to do. So Drew Brown will probably go be a free agent somewhere and somebody's going to throw a truckload of money at him and say, here, be my starter, crossing their fingers. Whoever loses that battle probably settles on Bo, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Imagine that three years ago. Now we're talking about settling on Bo Levy Mitchell. (laughs) Wow. We're not talking 2018 Bo, though. Ever since that shoulder injury, he's been a different player. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And All- there's also the question too: Is Nathan Rourke going to come back? Because that also, no. you know, you don't think so? No. Yeah, I mean, he's on an NFL practice practice roster right, right now. He's been called up to the 53 at some point. Yeah, there's no way that he starts shut. He shuttles back north after just one year of it. It's gonna be yeah. two, three years before we're even thinking about it. Yep. And plus, Jacksonville is a contender this year, I believe. So yeah. I think he'll want to he, stick he, around. Yeah, I, I would imagine that a player of his caliber 
would have to exhaust his NFL options before he goes, okay, I can go back home and make a career in Canada. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you go. And I think the same will go for his brother. His brother's at Ohio University right now. Yeah. Doing just about the same things that Nathan did. If he doesn't get an NFL shot right away, he goes north for a year or two, establishes his bona fides, and then down south because it that's that's how this goes they'll wipe out their nfl opportunities before they'll go long-term cfl mm-hmm. and that's just the way it works mm-hmm. yep yep joe's dead on here right okay so <clears throat> going forward we got two more games before the great cup the conference finals now I'm looking here at the uh, the official website, CFL.ca, has their simulation column up uh, for these games. And for some reason, I don't know, Joe, maybe you can explain this to me. For some reason, while they've got the BC Lions having slightly less than a 9% chance uh, over Winnipeg and thus to advance to the Great Cup, they're giving Montreal a nearly 30% chance to win this game against the Argos. Now, I don't know if either of you guys have seen the point spread, but I'll talk about that in a minute. But, Joe, can you explain this to me? How did the Alouettes have a 30% chance in this game? I'm surprised that we haven't talked that CFL simulation all season because mm-hmm. it comes up every year when some percentage feels out of <laughs> Right. They just take a bunch of numbers, yep. re- apply a lot of recency bias to it, mm-hmm. right. throw it in a spreadsheet, and take what this spits out. It's not it's not something that I take seriously at all. Mm-hmm. So I would well and last I wouldn't year, waste a lot of time on it. Yeah. And last year, didn't the CFL simulation pick Winnipeg to win? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> that throwing that up. No, I mean I'm not call. I'm not doing it to I'm not doing it to hurt Joe, but you know, <laughs> you know, I mean I remember last year's, you know, it's right after I got to Japan here, Oz and I, because I was pinch hitting for Joe. Right. That's right. You know, and I, I remember that. It's like, you know, and ever since then, you know what? When I hear the simulation, I think back to the Grey Cup going, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> now, any a, any person, place, or thing could pick one game wrong. Right. Yeah. So yeah I'm yeah. not going to get yeah. – I'm not going to be too harsh on that. I just don't – without being able to t- play with it, fiddle with it, see what it's actually – Right. Like, all goes into it, I – can't take it seriously yeah yeah well i mean it's not like we have a cfl simulation program like we do with the nfl yeah you know whether it be second and 10 or you know action um, pc action pc um yeah we don't have a really way to ourselves as as hobbyists and an enthusiast to sit down and crunch numbers ourselves going okay well that makes sense you know anybody who's played those games like joe and i have um or even, you know, talking our board games, you know, when we play those, like, especially with the NFL, now with the CFL, obviously we've got cold snap, which we haven't played in a very long time. No, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> but those are, you know, we when we've played those going, okay, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Even my Baltimore Stallions, you know, pretty much going winless, the way they went winless, we could look at it and going, okay, that kind of makes sense. You know, but... Yeah, but until then, I mean, yeah, I don't put much faith in the simulation after, especially after last year. 
Well, I mean, to be fair, Greg, too, that uh, many, many, many folks picked the uh, Bombers last year. And for a long time, it was not clear in that game who was going to win. I right. mean, that was, that was a real nail-biter last season. So can't really blame the Sim for that. But I don't know. This this 30% is kind of a big deal. I think Joe hit the nail on the head because, yeah, okay, technically, technically, the Owls are the hottest team right now. They've won six in a row. However, right. as I've been harping on for most of this last half of the season, they're 12-0 and against the teams with losing records. They've yet to win a game against any of these remaining playoff teams this season. So, you know, again, it's all recency bias, I think, on this um, CFL simulator at CFL.ca. So I mentioned before, I honestly couldn't believe this when I saw this. Okay, so Montreal Alouettes at Toronto Argonauts. You want to guess what the point spread is on this game? I have no idea. (laughs) Joe? Want to take a guess? Minus, Toronto minus 10. Minus 11. Minus 11. Wow. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. I Seriously? Know. <laughs> I know. I know. This is the uh, – they've got the over-under at 50 and a half. So they're basically expecting a 31 to 20 game. And I don't know. I That's – I know this is the 2023 Toronto Argonauts, but that feels a tad disrespectful to me, especially uh, after dead? especially after what the Montreal defense did this last game. I know that's the Tiger Cats and they're leagues away from, so to speak, they're leagues away from the Argos. But, okay, I'm not sure what to expect here. Uh, these two teams played three times this season. Of course, the Argos swept the Alouettes because any team with a winning record did um i thought the owls played decently in week five uh that was a 35 to 27 we got smoked in week 14 that was a 39 to 10 game which i believe was the game that clinched the argos the freaking eastern division in uh week 14 and uh in the back-to-back uh we lost in that second game probably our best loss of the year (laughs) 23 to 20 um are we expecting a blowout here, Joe? No. Okay. What do you see? Well, I I see a game that's going to take a while to develop. I just don't see Toronto like it. Montreal's defense is good enough to keep Toronto from putting up two quick touchdowns. If that happens, the game's over because mm-hmm. Montreal doesn't have the offensive firepower no. against Toronto's defense. I think we slow. This is a slow roll game. It could be thirteen to seven at half. Feels about right, Mm. and then Toronto slowly pulls away, scoring a touchdown when Montreal takes a field goal, or taking a Mm. field goal when Montreal punts, winning a possession or two each quarter, and just by the end you're like, oh, it's it it's twenty seven to it's twenty seven to thirteen. Not too surprising, but it's just going to be a slow drag to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with Joe. Okay. I agree with Joe. So I'm looking yeah. at the under. <laughs> All right. All right. As a potential. I just bet. think Montreal's defense is too good to have Chad Kelly just go have a monster game. And they're well, not yeah. going to ask him to. I mean, yeah, again, they know I, they don't have to, they know they only have to outscore the Montreal offense, which just doesn't yes. put up points in bunches. Yes. 
Yeah. It's capable. And if they play well enough and their defense plays well enough, they win games. But Toronto's offense is too good to be outscored by Montreal's offense. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. No, I agree with y'all. Okay, so what you're saying is, is I don't have much hope. <laughs> you have all the hope you want. I mean, really, it's house money at this point because you've gotten to where you got yeah. last year. You got to about you got to a lot further than anybody, besides me, maybe, because I've been saying it ever since like April. Hey, look up for these guys; they're not as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. But anybody else in CFL prognostication had these guys fourth. Mm-hmm. So finishing second, winning a playoff game—that's a win for you guys. Yeah, yeah. So now yeah. it's house money. Yeah, yeah. I've been next thinking year, about different next year, different story, maybe. But this year was supposed to be a sharp drop to the bottom and it was actually an improvement. So Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. It's just like, of course, I want the win in the championship. But this is but this is the twenty twenty three Toronto Argonauts. It would be in some respects, as a football fan, it would be a bit of a shame. If the Argos did go out in the in the semifinal, uh, we're potentially denied the Winnipeg Toronto rematch. Uh, and plus, here it is. You know, this is one of the finest regular seasons uh, in history, in CFL history. And uh, if they went down to a team again that hasn't beaten uh, a playoff team all season uh, until, you know, <laughs> until this theoretical upset, it would be that kind would be of funny. it would be kind of a shame. It would be kind a of shame, but also really, really funny. Well, yeah, it would be great. It would be great for me. That's that's for sure. Um, well, and then and then the old adages on any given Sunday, it would definitely yeah. be the, you know, the CFL. It would be much, and again, using comparing it to the NFL, much like when the Giants beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, we've, about, we've had once we've had one sixteen win team in the CFL history. Guess yeah. what happened to them? Mm-hmm. Ask yeah. Ryder fans; they'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so. I was just happy to get that first Montreal Alouettes playoff win in the Rouge, White, and Blue era. Um, that was a, it was a nice win for us. Nice win for us. The last time uh, I, I was actually looking up this um, because of uh, Vernon Adams' 2019 season. Uh, we were in the playoffs that year and we lost in the last playoff win, maybe ever, by Edmonton that year. So, again, glad to get this playoff win at very least. And I'll tell you what, it really sets up the potential to completely change the narrative of this season to the year of Vernon Adams. If we get the bust, if we get the BC Montreal final uh, and the Vernon Adams revenge game against Montreal. But before we get there, we also have to do uh, Winnipeg. I'm sorry, BC at Winnipeg is the other game. Uh, again, this is even the simulator gives Winnipeg a 92% chance of winning this game. The line is five and a half, five and a half. The lines are five and a half point favorites. The over under is 51. So they expect this, which is kind of crazy. They're expecting as many points in this game as they're expecting in the Montreal Toronto game. Um, this one is, let's see. Okay. So, Bit of a strange 
three games for these teams this season. Winnipeg uh, crushed BC in week three back when it looked no, like the other B- way around. B- oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Winnipeg was crushed by BC, I should say. Uh, back in the days when we thought BC was looking pretty unstoppable early in the season in week three, that was 30 to six. Winnipeg came back and did the crushing in week nine, 50 to 14. That was quite a game. And finally, uh, in one of the better games of the season this year, really, uh, in week 18, it was 34-26 in overtime to win. Uh, uh, that one still has me nervous. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> right, right. Like, Winnipeg owned that second half yeah. and just had to scratch and claw. And BC was just like, nope. Nope, we're gonna take the ball. Nope, we're gonna take it again. We're gonna take... and Winnipeg just kept coming back. Yeah, I couldn't believe when they finished that off. Mm-hmm. Now, my feeling, my feeling on this game is here's Vernon Adams coming off of, I mean, essentially a career game, uh, and to me that that's kind of a red flag for this game. I mean, can he possibly do this again? Can he possibly um, reproduce his 2019 performance against Meh? A similar team, a similar Blue Bombers defense, uh, because that that might be what it takes. Uh, Greg, what do you see here? I don't know. I just, I you know what? I learned a long time ago never to bet against the the Blue Bombers, mm. and I'm not betting against them now. I mean, I'm a BC fan, huge BC fan. You don't see it yet in the background here, but at some point, I have I'm pulling the BC flag will be going up. And uh, I was before I tried before you know what I forgot to put the BC hat on. Joe's wearing his Brewer stuff today, his Brewer shirt today. But I was I was just for this podcast. I want I I, I got to dig in the closet and find my BC hat, uh, or I could have <laughs> wore the Montreal one, the Alouettes one too. But no, I just I learned a long time ago, you know, never to bet against you know the Blue Bombers, mm-hmm. and I I can't see BC winning. I just I just can't. I just you know. It's as much as I'd love to see BC win. I just don't think they have the firepower. Mm-hmm. Well, they certainly score a lot of points, and for they me, do, but but they but we're talking Winnipeg. I mean, Winnipeg. Yes. We're also we're also talking below zero, but not by much. Right. Yeah. We're yeah. Talking weather. We're talking. You know, the whole just to me, the the lines just haven't arrived yet, and I don't think it's their year. So. I mean, it could be a very close game. You know, who knows? I mean, with football, we just don't know. But I just can't, as much as I'd love to see him win, I can't see him winning. You know. I did look at the weather. Uh, and Joe is correct. Uh, we're looking at right around 32, 33 Fahrenheit for this game. So about zero. Uh, also, there will be precipitation on, well, according to the weather, uh, the meteorologist, let's say, uh, there will be precipitation on Thursday and Sunday. So a little bit late, a little bit earlier than predicted, and we might have some weather in this game as well. I don't know. For me, the thing is, Greg, I, I, I think that BC can put up the points. It's just that they've been giving away so many points. Yeah. I mean, in this game against Calgary, first of all, Calgary has no business putting up 30 points in two games in a row against any team. 
this year. Okay. They're not a high powered team. And yet they went for a combined like 71 points in two games against this BC Lions defense in that first half, especially Reggie Bagleton was wide open constantly and it's not like it's a secret that you know they were going to go to him all game but yet he was allowed to run most of his routes completely unimpeded i mean this secondary for bc has just been getting worse and worse since about week seven they're just letting anybody catch the ball here so joe even if it is zero degrees celsius out there the bombers are going to put up some points in this game aren't they I think so. BC has a lot of defensive playmakers. Right. right. Where they can where the turnovers can happen. On the other hand, I just don't think their defense if their if their defense doesn't get turnovers or a bunch of sacks, that defense isn't stopping anybody. Right. That's what they did to that's what they did to Edmonton when they shut him out a couple times in a row. They just right. killed they just killed the quarterback. So they had nothing going on. Well, this is the thing. Ever this since is... then, though, ever since about midseason, though, people have figured when Winnipeg came out in week nine and put six men on the line, six offensive right. linemen on the line of scrimmage on every play and blunted their pass rush, right. they showed the league how to defeat BC. Right. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's the classic football situation where your offense is capable of putting up you know x number of points like four or five touchdowns a game and so your defense becomes obsessed with getting the big play right you can sell out for the big play for the big turnover because you know your offense you know Vernon Adams is good for five touchdowns you know so I mean, this is the trap that BC is in. But then you put on top of this uh, the secondary, which wasn't very good last year, and which has, you know, it seems to have regressed to that level again in the second half of this season. I mean, again, you're going to let up 31 points per game, even oh, against you... a team like Calgary. Yeah. Now, there's a, point in, there's a point in BC's favor this week. Okay. Uh, Rashid Bailey, Nick Dembski. Dalton shown all not practicing as of Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We don't really have a good prognosis on Dalton shown. Bailey got hurt against Calgary, so mm-hmm. we don't really know much about that. Dembski, I hear he was hurt, to be honest. So who knows if all three of them end up playing, but it's Wednesday and the game's on Saturday and they're not practicing. That's cause for concern if all if two of three or all three are out. Mm-hmm. They might be it's leaning. Not to say up. Winnipeg wouldn't find. That's not to say Winnipeg wouldn't find ways. It would just make their offense a lot more static, a lot more. Hi Brady, you want the ball twenty five times? <laughs> make it thirty. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be our leading receiver as well as our <laughs> leading runner in this game. Um, okay, uh, Greg, I can ask you the same thing. Uh, do you see what hope do you see for BC? They're going to have to get out there and score bam, bam twice really fast. It's, right? You know what? The defense just needs to step up. And if they can force turnovers, if, you know, again, huge F. I mean, one person, I mean, to 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 beat a team like Winnipeg, you have to be a full, I mean, I don't want to say this. You got to be be able to play ball. Bring in your a game. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to bring your A game. I mean, it's very BC cliche-ish. Wins, BC wins yeah. in Vancouver right? if right. Their, their offense doesn't take a nap in the second half. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. their defense Every, did enough to win that game. 
Yeah. Everybody's got to, everybody's really got to play. You can't, nobody can let do a letdown. I mean, everybody's got to step it up a notch, but with that said, this team has not, you know, there's a reason why they're the second place team because when they played the first place team, they haven't been, I mean, again, it's much like last year, same thing. They just, they're not ready yet for primetime. So maybe that'll come next year in a couple of seasons, but I just don't see it happening this, this year, you know, and I was hopeful, but you know, th- with new ownership and everything, I was very, very hopeful, but you know, Winnipeg is still the class is still, even with last year's great cup loss. And even though they're, tr- they don't have the best record this year, Winnipeg is still the class of the league. That is the, you know, in a way, and again, I'm using my NFL comparisons, um, but I'll even use the next league comparison. They are the Fujitsu frontiers <laughs> of the CFL. And we'll get into a discussion about football here, but, um, you know, the difference being Fujitsu, you know, is, you know, I, I can't even remember the last time they lost a game, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story, but they are the class of the, they are the class of the CFL and BC's not yet. Yeah, Fujitsu is making those old Tom Brady teams look like the Chicago Bears, huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing about Japanese football. Um, Okay, so at the beginning of the season, I'm just glorying about this as well. At the beginning of the season, I picked um, Toronto on the east side, and I uh, I had Winnipeg winning the west, but BC beating them in the Western championship. So that's still in play. However, I don't have much confidence in that seeing as how the weather might go in this game. Um, The spread is five and a half. How close do you see this one, Joe? I don't think it's a last second field goal. Okay. Okay. No, I I think if if this is the kind of game, I think it's going to be, it'll be more high scoring than the last couple West finals have been because Winnipeg's done everything they could in the last couple of years to lose the West final and just haven't been able to accomplish that. <laughs> uh, so I think we're going to see scores in the twenties and thirties, but yeah. I think it'll be a comfortable last. There'll be one last desperation BC drive with them down two scores mm. where they come up up just they come up short of the end zone Winnipeg gets to do their victory dance winning by like 11 or something mm. okay All yeah right. I was just gonna I was just gonna just kind of follow up what Joe says I was thinking around it's gonna be about a 10 point game mm. I think the game will be put away in the fourth I think Winnipeg will put the game away in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. so the classic defense shuts him down in the second half yeah the and then they give it to Brady ten times in twelve right. in twelve plays. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. We've seen that script before. I like. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's excellent football. I mean, you gotta love the way the Bombers and this has been consistently getting better over this entire run. The way they make those adjustments. You know, yeah. football is so much about that halftime adjustments, and there is no team that has been better at that in the last four or five years than the Bombers. I mean, it's just, wow. I mean, that's really been their edge uh, all this time. Now, they may be short a couple of skill players, so we'll see how that goes. But BC BC and freezing weather, I can't see it. 
I can't see it. So no, yeah, it's a, uh, they're. I mean, they're the closest thing we have to a warm weather team mm. in the CFL. But <laughs> you think that is warm? Fifty yeah. Fahrenheit. That is warm mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, Canada at this time of year. So. Okay, uh great, great. Okay, so we're both looking at the rematch, the Winnipeg uh the Winnipeg Toronto rematch and uh the CFL simulator has that outcome at about 71%. Uh so that is pretty much what we expect there. Uh Joe, we're going to talk some Japanese football in just a moment, but Joe, what are your plans for the Grey Cup weekend? Uh fly fly to Hamilton, well fly to Toronto on Thursday. Take a bus down to Hamilton. Hotels a couple blocks away from the convention center. Nice. Well done. Um, nice. Just enjoy the weekend. Okay. Home Monday. Nice. How long is that bus trip? It's like forty-five minutes to an hour. I'm not oh, sure. It's okay. some. It's, yeah, I was going to say that's got to be it's real. Not ridiculous. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, in terms of without with prices for the Grey Cup with lodging and everything, how how is it in, you know are you getting gouged i guess is what i'm trying to say no <laughs> i mean there there have been years i've been able to do it for under a thousand us okay i think post pandemic that's optimistic but it's not much more okay okay so it's and that's not, everything I mean, that's yeah. ticket lodging um food uh activity passes all that gotcha. sort of all that and of course copious amounts of alcohol well, yeah, I was just gonna say beer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and with the ex- and with the exchange rate, and I haven't checked the Canadian U.S. dollar exchange rate. Hopefully, it's hopefully it's it's, it's, it's usually decent. between seventy-five and eighty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, Greg. We'll talk some some local football in just a minute. But I've been dying yeah. to ask you this one. Uh, okay, so here the Grey Cup is over. Uh, in a couple of weeks. And so what's next for you, Greg, on your viewing schedule? Are you going to go straight to the USFL and XFL or what? Well, we we don't know if we're going to have either, apparently. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know what? I could, do I go on my Alex Jones rant at this point? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, let me, if you allow me then. Um, (laughs) Okay, so last year, just out of a lark, I started the XFL InfoWars show. It's Dave Dave Selinsky and I, um, we teamed up just to do a few shows, just just for shits and giggles, and um, you know, just kind of looking at the media, the game, the XFL, the guys who play in the games, the the games are very good. I mean, you can't take anything away from the players mm. playing the game. Spring foot, it doesn't matter what level, whether it be spring football. I mean, the players give it 100%. Um, but the business of football, the XFL, the 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 this version of the XFL, I kind of knew this was all going to implode well before because I am a student of history, obviously. Um, We've only seen it how many times now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And being a member of the Professional Football Researchers Association and, you know, remembering you know, old enough to remember, well, you know, I'm old enough, you know, I always say it's like, well, you know, and they're like, well, you're just, you know, you, you don't, I go, dude, I was when Lombardi was coaching the Packers when I was born. So, you know, there was, you know, so 
seen the World Football League, obviously seen the USFL, the World League of American Football. Um, and then we get this version of the XFL. Now, the version 2.0 wasn't bad, but obviously the pandemic. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, but we had the AAF the year before that, and that completely just imploded. So we get this version and just, you know, listen, the rock destroyed the DC universe. Okay. <laughs> Black Adam wasn't a bad movie. I'm a huge Captain Marvel fan. Black Adam, you know, and then we saw this and, you know, it was all about Danny and him. It was, it was these two. It's like, you know, every other word was I uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, this ain't gonna end well. This ain't gonna end. And then when it finally came down to it, once they started playing, you see, you know, empty stadiums, which for let's face it, all of us expected to see empty stadiums at this mm-hmm. point. Because when you hear the word XFL, at least in you know, I equate it with failure. Yeah. You know, um I think the idea about... of bringing it back a second yeah. time is ridiculously stupid. Yeah, third like, time. And I t- rebrand it. Yeah. Or exactly. exactly. And, you know, I got to spend some quality time talking with Brett Forrest, who wrote the, um, he was with, he, he wrote a great book on the USFL. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on the, on the XFL, um, the long bomb. Mm-hmm. And they just reissued it right when the XFL was, it was, you know, and so we talked about it and, you know, history, People just don't learn from history, how to do things right. And I'm, as I was watching this, and I don't know how much you guys watched it, but I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, clearly we're, we're repeating the, the mistakes of the past because I watched two or three quarters on demand one time just so I could see what they were doing as far as yeah. the innovations they were bringing and how they were covering on a TV. If ESPN would have decided to give the CFL like half that attention, a yeah. lot more Americans would watch the CFL. It's just that simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, and I just mean, seeing them do that with a with the league that had twice failed mm-hmm. and were and had nothing but bluster behind it made me turn it off in the third quarter and just like and, and that's not right. that. Well, and then there's that you know all of us who are CFL fans are thinking, my God, this is what we could have ended up as CFL fans. Our league agreeing to merge with i mean come on i mean it just it's you know everybody every cfl fan i know had been breathing a sigh of relief after watching um watching it play out when you see what happened in vegas with that team out there playing in a minor league stadium you know i mean it was a minor league baseball stadium that had been closed they don't even use anymore with painted grass and but then and this is where my pet peeve really came in. Then I go and read the stories from the XFL, and I'm I'm using air quotes here, XFL news hub experts. Right. <laughs> okay. And it it reminds me of do you guys remember when we invaded Iraq? <laughs> Which time? Sure. In 2003. Sure. Okay, that one. Baghdad Bob. Yeah. Uh-huh. Baghdad Bob said, everything's great. Everything's, you know, we are winning the war as you see American tanks behind him marching into Baghdad. And, and so you, I would read, and this is where I just really got, you know, that's where the old XFL InfoWars thing started. I'm like, okay, you know what? 
we got to sift through this. So, um, yeah, so you had your XFL news sites and um, one in particular, you know, you got some reporters like James Larson are great, called it for what it is. I'm like, listen, it's great football out here, but you guys as a business, you know, you guys running the league need to step it up. But then, you know, you had, you know, Mike Mitchell saying everything's great. We don't know the streaming numbers. Look, if the streaming numbers were great, we would know what the streaming numbers right, were. Right, right. You know, right. this is crap. You know what? Nobody's watching it, but it just, it got, you know, you look at the ratings and, but it was like, well, compared to, you know, these, these ratings are great. Same, you know, same amount of people in Canada watch CFL football. Different, you're comparing apples to oranges here. Yeah, your you're, country you know, is ten... 10 times the population. Right. So it's just going to say. Make your, yeah. make your adjustments accordingly. Yeah, so it got very frustrating, um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, I knew that I knew when they said they were going to merge. It's like, oh, no wonder. And then both Danny Garcia and The Rock have completely disappeared. I've said nothing. Mm -hmm. Listen, I knew The Rock was going again. He screwed the, you know, he screwed DC. He destroyed the DC universe. So, uh... (laughs) so the DC universe (laughs) needed the DC defenders before The Rock got to him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it was very, but we'll see, but we'll see what, you know, um, you guys are, yeah, you guys are like me looking at social media. It's all spin now about this potential merger. Right. XFL fans are losing their collective minds. Really? Why? Because there's no news. It's like they have, they have XFL, hardcore XFL fans live in a state of fantasy. <laughs> and not fantasy football. Not not even fantasy, <laughs> but they live in but they don't have re- anything real to grasp onto. USFL fans are a lot more grounded at least and and, and you guys because they know with... it's a weird business model. Exactly. Like, they never really got to where they wanted to get it to. Exactly. Well, the money is coming from Fox and if Fox pulls right. the plug it's over, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. USFL yep. fans are realistic. Hey, let's enjoy it while we have it cuz it might go it's hmm probably going to go away at some point well especially with a name like the usfl it probably will go away but xfl fans they just and there's some i go i got doxxed on social media and you know because of 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 my memes and my just you know like listen guys (laughs) history shows us this ain't gonna work How, how why are you hating on the xfl okay i'm not hating on the xfl i'm just pointing out the flaws to your little fantasy here the XFL is not going to expand. It's going not, it's not going to be around in the next couple of years. And what happened? Oh, we're going to merge X. And then you read kind of the, you read into it going, okay, so it's failed the third time. No, it hasn't. <laughs> yeah, it has. It, you know, I read this as a, if it was successful, they'd be talking about which team they'd be talking about kicking off the 2024 season. Here's your schedule. Here's your team. Right, right, right. 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 But the the thing is, and you guys know with, with anything outside this, listen, the NFL and the CFL aren't going anywhere. They're established brands, mm-hmm. you know, and for as much issues as the CFL has had, and we know the issues are still out there. We know that our league that we love could, I mean, it's always going to be on the financial, you know, things have gotten better. There's though. always going to be no some one. sort of, fina- there's always going to be a problem in the CFL. Right. Because they don't, they don't sell stadiums out everywhere just because they're that established. There's always right. going to be the teams that are struggling are going to sell less tickets. The teams that are doing well are going to sell more. Yeah, it's going to be a bigger struggle in the top three in the top three markets, but 
Yeah. Vancouver's doing well. Montreal's doing yeah. pretty decently. Toronto's even doing pretty darn yeah. well lately. Yeah. Comparatively, yeah, so, anyway. And they have yeah. a lot of financial backing. So right. we're probably in the most stable situation that we've ever been in the CFL. And uh, that we can even remember as CFL fans. Yeah. And yet we still have trouble spots in Calgary, trouble spots in Edmonton where they're talking, where they're going to close the upper deck next year. There's always going to be problems. Right. But Right now we're in like the golden age as far as okay, yeah. if these are your problems, let's compare it to what we were doing twenty years ago. And that looks doesn't look nearly as bad. <laughs> yeah. And obviously the CFL needs to improve things like marketing. I mean, we all know that. I mean, merchandising, all and the little things that that you know, and drawn you do in see obviously steps in the right direction. Yeah, and drawn in the younger fans. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, going back to the CFL video game thing, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I've been, I'm not going to harp on that anymore. I've harped on that enough over the years, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, but I think the CFL is in, like you said, Joe, is a lot and in a better shape now than it was just a few years ago when we lost a season to the pandemic. So it's, uh, right. but even, I don't even, even, yeah, even then it was scarier than it is today. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're in a good but when it comes to spring football in the states, let's face it, Joe and Oz, unless we... it's subsidized, it's never going to work. And the and NFL when... decided, and the NFL has decided not to su- subsidize it. Right. And so it's even never going NFL... to work. Right. And when in the even when the NFL has subsidized it in the states, it didn't work because the World League of American Football failed in the in the early nineties. NFL Europe obviously it, they pulled the plug on that. And yeah. um, that did no other... do pretty well over time, but yeah, even then, yeah. that was not bad. It, it wasn't making money, so it right. was a failure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, now we've got you know, kind of moving, you know, talking about the European League of American Football. I don't know how much you guys follow any of that. Wow. But um, it's uh, the warning signs are there on this league that it's 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 living on borrowed time when they're already selling tickets to next year's championship game, like (laughs) getting deposits (laughs) and asking people to sign up right now for next year's TV plan. I'm like, that's just a bad sign right there. So, um, I mean, you're going in with so many handicaps. I mean, this is the thing is that like, okay, the old USFL. All right. First of all, they were able to attract names, right? They were able to attract name players, name coaches, okay? Second of all, in those days, there were still untapped markets. There are no untapped markets anymore for an expensive game like football. Maybe St. Louis, but at this point, St. Louis has no patience for the NFL. Um, you know, I've said all the time that would be a great spot for the 10th CFL team, but I don't even know if they would have the stomach for that at this point after the Rams Rams screwed them so badly. And, you know, the, the other thing too, is, is that, uh, you know, along with the fact that they have no name players or name coaches, they have no tradition. Right. And and the truth is, is that's what sells so much of football in America, whether it be college football, whether it be the NFL, even high school football, 
Friday mm. night lights, right? It's Friday. You're in Texas. You expect to be watching the high school football game, right? The, the, it's the, Sunday. You're in Chicago. You have nothing right. to do but to watch the Bears suck. So right. Well, watch, geez. Watch the Bears suck. <laughs> You're you're in Wisconsin, Joe. You know something about shutting down whole parts of the state for football on Sunday. I mean, mm -hmm. come on, man. You know, it's just like, and the USFL has nothing like that. How could you? You can't. You know, yeah, and, and all and go go ahead. So I, it's, it's just not the time. It's just the 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 time for rogue football leagues being as expensive as it is have passed. Oh, it just they're fighting history here. I, you know, and that's, yeah, they do. And then when they pop up and there's plans, Hey, I'm all for plans and I like playing, you know, I like playing my simulation football, I like playing Madden, but we live in a different age nowadays. And, uh, you know, I mean, unless it's, unless it's NFL or CFL, it, it ain't going to be around a while. I mean, you look at the indoor leagues, the indoor leagues, they've been around a long How time. How many times look, has the arena football league died? A couple of times. Couple, yeah. Four. Three, I'm losing count. I'll have to ask Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm losing. But you look at the arena leagues, and yeah, while these leagues have been around, look at the franchises. I mean, it's just there's constant every franchise year. every sure. year. It's like yeah. you have a new league every year. Yeah, yeah. And and if you get extremely lucky, you have one rival you can count on. Right, and that's it. Right. And to play in some of these smaller towns, you know, like Billings, Montana, the Quad Cities and in, in, in Illinois and Iowa, well, that, that's great. I mean, this is, again, it's, it boils down to the money and the money is yes. just not there to sustain it. Yep. Yep. You know. They even had, they even had teams in Alaska for a couple of yeah. years. Even yeah. Fairbanks and Anchorage. It's just yeah. like really, really desperately trying to tap those markets. The thing is, is that, you know, the problem is, is that the football, even the arena game is freaking expensive. Right. It's an expensive and I do, specialist game. You know? and, I, and I was thinking about this actually in the, while we were waiting to, because it's, you know, um, I was, because of the time zone differences, I was an hour early on everything. Yeah. But just thinking about no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My fault. Um, but I think we're at a point where you know what I was I was reading something and it's just saying, well, you know, to have football year round. Honestly, I'm at that point now. I really don't know if I want football year round. I need a break from it. Well, the crazy you know, thing. And, the crazy thing is, is football is year round. It, yeah, but yeah, it is with the NFL. You know? It never right. stops. Right. You know, you get like maybe a month off there in March for March Madness, but then yeah. right after that, you're into the draft. Right. You know? And then you're, you're firing coaches. You know, in yeah. February, in March. Yeah. You know, so it's like again, all of these major sports in North America, and even to some extent, European soccer is twelve months a year now. Period. Yeah. But in terms of just watching the games, it's like, right. and that's what I learned this year when the XFL started. Because again, I was learning, I, you know, I was happy the XFL was around because I was able to learn things, at least from, you know, um, communication perspective, how to work the VPNs, which, <laughs> how, how to get, you know, uh, but as I'm watching, I'm thinking, and it's nice out. I don't want to be watching. Mm football year i mean i need a little break from it. it just got to be at least for me 
too much. And with the USFL, when it came on, I didn't really watch it because I'm like, okay, I'm kind of burned out on football for a while. Let's, I'm going to wait till, you know, CFL season starts. To me, when June comes, that's the start of football season. That's sure. when we should start playing. You know, sure. and that's why we like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's like, you know what? We need a, I need a four month break just to kind of, you know, do other things to spend time, you know, Hey, baseball, Japanese baseball season was starting. Um, right. But I just, I think hey, you've got a whole nother culture to, to start learning more about. Yeah. It's been, you know, my last year here has been, it's even though I've been retired, so I don't have a job, but I've been so busy just settling in between, well, we got here, we lived in a hotel for about a month and we, because we had to find a place to live and we had to rent a place. So we found a place, we rented for 10 months and then, you know, right around the start of the CFL season, that's when we started looking for a new place, a permanent place. So it's been kind of on the go. So I've been kind of, this year I've been kind of overwhelmed, even on football, just trying to watch as much football as I can but not have it impact because obviously time zones make a huge difference. For instance, I'm not watching the Bears lose at two in the morning. No, not doing that. <laughs> that's when the noon games back in the state. That's when the noon game back in Chicago starts. I am not getting up that early. So, um, but wait a sec, so, Greg, wait a sec, Greg, you don't have a full-time job. I thought your full-time job was posting memes on Facebook. I, uh, I get that in during my breaks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, for anybody who's on Facebook, Greg St. James. I think you're Greg James on Facebook still? I'm Greg St. James on Facebook. Greg St. James. Okay. Please look him up, man. It's, if you want memes, if you want memes, Greg St. James. <laughs> He's got. Saint James, and you know what? St. James is an homage to my father, whose who's, who's, uh, sense of humor definitely comes through in all my memes because. Uh... <laughs> The world could be falling apart. And I'm like, okay, let's, there are times though you're like, let's find a meme meme about it. (laughs) There's a great, there's a great meme. Oh God, what was the name name of the guy in um, bad, horrible bosses? Charlie. I can't think of Charlie. I can't think of his last name, but he's like, you know, I don't know why we're laughing. It's not that funny, but everybody's laughing. It's just one of those. It's like, it's not really that funny, but yeah, you know, you have to find the humor and everything. And that's why football is like the perfect sport for memes. Because you can bash on, I mean, every week you get new material. <laughs> With Aaron Rodgers going down, you guys remember, I had material going oh, yeah. for a week. Oh, yeah. Well, you've, you been, you've been picking on the Bears a lot this year. Of course. <laughs> when the Cubs were losing, you should have seen, when the Cubs made the playoffs, should have seen me when you know before they won the world series mm. like yeah don't get too excited because we know it's not, <laughs> obviously they the curse got broken and i haven't really posted too much then but again with when it comes to that's the great thing about sports it brings us all together we can laugh together and nobody really gets offended unless they're xfl fans another <laughs> breed into it. they do not like my i've been banned from so many xfl groups <laughs> even xfl reddit XFL News wow. Hub by Mike Mitchell, Reed Johnson at the Markcast, especially. He didn't like, you know, even even uh, Reed one time messaged me going, hey, you need to cool it with your memes. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, do you, you have no idea who you're talking to. You know, so. No you know, joke. 
no choice. No idea what the, but yeah, um it's a great thing about football. So and uh so while we're on the subject, uh if I can hijack here, let's let me talk a little X League here. Let me let me yeah, let me yeah. uh, let's go let into me, that. Uh, we gotta get Joe to bed and I've gotta like start my work day here. So so yeah, please get in the X League stuff because I'm dying to know what is Japanese football all about. Okay. Japanese so gridiron it, football, I should say. So we've got and actually we've got an active active football scene here. Okay. It's but it's one of those you gotta find it. And fortunately, mm. Um, you can find a lot of, if you go to gridironjapan.jp or gridironjapan.net, it goes right to our podcast website. Um, we're all the, if you want to learn about Japanese football, everything is right there. Um, and it, fortunately, I, I, it's really weird, but I think we are John Gunning, who's with, um, the Japan times and inside sport Japan and BJ Beattie, who is a former star player at. Colorado University and basically is the Dick Butkus of the X of the XFL. Um, he played for the um the Obic Seagulls for 10 years at linebacker. Mm. And um he's also now um an assistant coach at Tokyo University, coaching the de- coaching coaching the defense there. So the three of us with occasional guest Aaron Ellis, who is the starting quarterback of the Dentsu Caterpillars. Mm. And University of St. Francis alumni out of Joliet, Joliet, Illinois. Um, yeah, so we've got this podcast we've been doing. We're on our third season now. Um, gonna plan on doing it until all of us drop dead at some point. So I mean, um, we're gonna be doing it for a long time. That's the plan. But yeah, we uh, there's a there's a you know, Japan has when it comes to. To football outside the NFL and CFL, Japan has is number three on, and this is debatable because you know you talk to people in Europe going, no, European football, American football leagues are better than the X League. No, the X League is the third best professional football league in the world. There are some decent teams out here. There are. There Germany are. has some some good teams, and Vienna Knights. Vienna yeah. Knights always puts yeah. across a bitching team. Uh, right. Before before the war, um, Ukraine uh, had yeah. a few nice teams. Oh, there's so much, and that's the thing. You know, being here in Japan, you see so much football talent, um, but it's still developing. It's got a long ways to go. Now, with the X League, and there are different divisions of the X League. We have the Super, which is you know because we're you know, it's a ranking, you know, you got, uh, uh, regulate, um, do you have relegation? relegation. Oh, wow. Yeah, we got relegation. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So our buddy, um, our buddy Aaron, his Dentsu Caterpillars are, are going to be fighting for, um, to try to stay in the suit and the super and the top tier mm-hmm. because, you know, I mean, it's, um, they, the Dentsu has not had a good season this year, so <laughs> they're going to be fighting to stay in the top tier. But here in Japan, we've got with the Super Super X League is our top tier, and it's semi-professional. It's not true professional in the sense everybody's getting paid. The people are getting paid are your your foreigners, our guys are bringing over from the states. But in general, most of these guys are playing for the love of the game. You know, they're they're going out, and they're hustling every, you know every week actually every two weeks because these teams play every two weeks because all these guys work during you know it's it's much like the nfl was 
back in the day when everybody had a full-time job and also played football. Right. They right. paid on the weekends. Right. But our top team here is the Fujitsu Frontiers and the Panasonic. Um, the pan. Um, Panasonic. Panasonic Impulse. I'm sorry. It's it's. But the Panasonic Impulse and the Fujitsu Frontiers are traditionally your top teams, with your Obic Seagulls and your IBM Big Blue teams kind of following up. Um, since IBM here, Big Blue. IBM Big Blue. They've that's not bad. The, that's not, that's bad. not bad for a corporate sponsored got, team. That's not bad. Yeah, I kind of like. And that. they've actually got the coolest helmets too. I just and t- I'm into football fashion. And I just love IBM. Dentsu Caterpillar's got a good look too. It's um, but um, yeah, but no, with um, yeah, but the Fujitsu Frontiers are. I don't recall them ever losing a game. Actually, they they the only wow. times they ever get beat are against Panasonic. So they, you know. And for people who are interested, hey, give our podcast a listen. Um, you know, if you're if you're new to Japanese football, go back and listen to that first episode with Zach Kyleman and I and John. Um, kind of gives a rundown as to what Japanese football is all about. There's also a great college scene here too. Last right at about a month after I got here, uh, my wife, my brother in law and I went to the Japanese um college championship game at Koshin Stadium which is a baseball stadium. It's one of the oldest, well, it's the oldest stadium, one of the oldest stadiums here in Japan. And it's also one of three stadiums still standing where Babe Ruth has played it, it has played at. Wow. And, and from what I understand, it's like revered, like Fenway yes. or Brakeley or the Yankee Stadium was. It is. It's one they of have places. Ivy on the outside. And it was really cool. Like when we went, first of all, tickets were really dirt cheap in comparison to any football game back in the states but going there it was that was my first time seeing football in a baseball stadium i'm like this is kind of cool this is really awesome and there is a passion for the game but japan is a baseball loving there are so many others football is not anybody's radar here it does get tv play come championship time so when the rice bowl is played it's the 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 championship game in the X League, the Rice Bowl used to be the champions of the X League going going up against the college national champions. Huh. However, several years ago they stopped doing that because at some point somebody was going to get hurt on the college. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, these games. I mean, there is the the people who follow American football are very passionate about it. There just aren't enough of us here. And John, BJ, and you know, there's 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 a handful of foreigners here that either play the game or follow the game. Um, I don't know if you, you guys know Jim Mullen with Football Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of you know when Jim and I talk, he's like, yeah, it's like yeah, the foot people just don't know about the football in, in Japan, and it's been the last three seasons doing the podcast. It's been fun learning, and fortunately, we can watch the games too. They're available on YouTube. Um, if you want to watch the X League games, you do have to pay for them, but there is a pay. And again, everything's available through our gridironjapan.jp okay. website and .net website. None of us get paid for this. It's all it's it's you know it's all for the love of the game. So, um, and um, yeah, with uh, but in Japan, it's not there. There's also issues too in trying to bring the game to the mainstream. And again, it's a semi-pro league. So you've got the same teams 
dominating year after year, Fujitsu and Panasonic. The other teams, to use an example, the Densu Caterpillars, they only have two foreigners on their team, where if you've got other teams, um, they're stacked on talent. And it's just year after year. So there's no draft. There, there's no draft like there is with the CFL, the NFL. It's, it's very... And these teams, while they have corporate names attached to them, like Fujitsu and Panasonic, those companies foot the bill. Other teams like Densu, even though, you know, I mean, they're the guys are paid, they're 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 financially supported to a lesser extent by these companies that sponsor the team. So, because of that, you've got a disparity of of talent. So, and um, you know, even watching, you know, Fujitsu play. Anytime Fujitsu plays anybody except Panasonic. You can you can just see it's like when Notre Dame plays Navy. You can see that difference mm-hmm. just on the field. So, but yeah, there's a thriving scene here, and we'll see. We've got flag football is coming to the Olympics, so yeah, hopefully that is going to hopefully that's going to push the boundary of the gridiron game outside of North America. And you know, we've got a great league down in Mexico too, mm-hmm. the league that. You know, they're all their games. So there's a lot of football, I guess, you know, a lot of talent. And, you know, obviously there's been Japanese guys. We've had Japanese guys playing uh, in the CFL. So Les Maru with the the Blue Mm -hmm. Bombers. So there's talent here. Um, On the kicking side, you know, we've got several kickers come to the CFL. And I think the, the Japanese game will, they're waiting for their Hideo Nomo moment. If you remember when Hideo Nomo came to play for the Dodgers and pitched, that's when people started taking notice of the talent yeah. of baseball players in Japan. Yeah. Now, I, last year we had a team of Ivy League All-Stars play the X-League All-Stars, and the X-League All-Stars lost. So I think we're just a season or two away from you know, seeing a breakthrough with Japanese talent. And... You know, I was hopeful that the X League, I'm sorry, the XFL and the USFL would have a few Japanese players on them break through, but that really hasn't happened yet. So, so, but that's all said, right. So, so when does uh, X League start? That starts in September. So, okay. we are right now, and it's really weird how the season's laid out. So, it's a five game regular season, right? And then we go into the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. So, but because, you know, so the teams play every two weeks. So on the weeks that the, the super, the top level teams aren't playing, it's the second uh, level. Second teams division. Are yeah. Okay. Second division. Right, yeah. Right, so, right. so you've got, you got football here every week. It's just, it just depends which league it is, which tier is playing. Okay. So there you go. CFL fans. When uh, the great cup is over, uh, don't, don't go to you. Don't go to XFL. Go to the X League in Japan. And we even games. play. Yeah, we even play. The X League still plays in the spring too. They've got spring tournaments, right? And everything. If you're again, when it comes to YouTube, is like YouTube basically is the antenna TV of this game. <laughs> antenna TV. Wow. Every if you want to watch a uh, Japanese football game, it's on YouTube somewhere. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, 
we gotta we gotta close this one out. We could talk all day, but uh, or all night, as the case may be, uh, depending on the location of the hosts of this show. Greg Jane, Greg St. James, thanks for joining us on the Rouge White and Blue. Oh, happy to man. Good right. to see you guys. It's it's nice talking football. Okay, uh, Joe. Yeah. Any any last words of wisdom here? Go bombers. That's what I would say. Yes. <laughs> All right, great. As we wait for the Grey Cup of 2023, uh, I will sign off the show. My name is Oz Davis for my co-host Joe Pritchard and our guest Greg St. James. This has been the Roos White and Blue CFL Podcast. Go Owls! Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.